0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. We are live, Johnny. Where are
1: we live to? Um, All around the world?
0: Well, we're actually live in many countries. Um, I would have to log into our podcast provider to tell you which ones. However, we are in, I think, most if not every continent... I think we have probably got someone in every continent at least one download, um, which I think is quite a feat. But we're, we're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to find out. Maybe for next show, I'll get the statistics. But we're in lots of countries. Obviously, most of the UK, but you know, we're in quite a few countries. I think America, definitely America. Yeah, we've got some. Shouldn't, I shouldn't
1: really start I should stop calling them Yanks. I'm mm. it's, it's,
0: it's,
1: it's It's a friendly term. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't it's, mean you know as like. It's just bounce know, offensive yeah it's just bands. you've got the you know people got me sheep i'm like yeah whatever
0: i did a minute ago on my stories actually okay anyone, anyone that watches my instagram stories you'll see literally 10 minutes ago literally you know, not the, this fake use of where everything's literal like, oh literally this is the best thing in the world is it though is it the best no. thing in the world no yeah. or like oh man literally this this is like this this t- this cake is to die for literally is it though would you die for that cake no but anyway literally 10 minutes ago I did call you a sheep shag, or I implied you're a sheep shag. I didn't actually say Johnny is a sheep shag but I did make a joke about you ringing Uber Eats to get some lamb in <laughs> and not to eat either I'm not a huge lamb fan to be honest no I mean uh, I, yeah I don't eat a lot of lamb I want to have a massive fat the only time I really ever eat lamb is on the odd occasion you know like a little lamb rack um, or maybe in a lamb curry or something like that.
1: Mm, different. Yeah. My diet mostly consists of at the minute white fish, chicken, and between 5 and
0: 12% steak mints. So pretty low fat then. I never, I'll never be honest, I never have anything but 5% mints when I have mints.
1: Yeah, but I bought some in. I was in. Is it the food warehouse, Icelandy sort of thing? And they, it's a pack of. Like a two pack of 5% mints, and it was like, I don't know, something like 700 grams between them, something like that. It was like, I don't know, 4.8 days of mint. And then you got 12% mints, 12% fat next door, kilo, like 350.
0: So yeah, well, wow. no. yeah, I'd still, I'd, buy I'd still buy the more expensive ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did, I bought both.
0: <laughs> um, turkey mints?
1: I haven't had that for a while actually.
0: Yeah, I had turkey mince tonight for tea, actually. We had a turkey mince curry. Nice. No,
1: Fine. not curry. a curry as
0: well. I didn't have curry, chilli. Sorry, I don't know why I said curry. No. A turkey mince chilli with lots of vegetables, bulk that and bad boy out. Um, and we had, I wanted rice, but Jenna wanted potato wedges, so we had potato wedges with it, Which just, Fair. I thought yeah. Fair.
1: We had um, homemade chicken curry, yeah. uh, jasmine rice, and one, right. one small pop it on.
0: We love jasmine, don't we?
1: chasmin's amazing I just a lad locked on Amazon earlier because it's quite Tilda's quite expensive and if all you get it's like 500 grams it's like 3 pounds or, or 2 pounds or whatever and there was something like what was it I think 10 kilos is like 15 quid or something yeah. which
0: is which is not bad it's not bad yeah it's a big bag of rice though you know that's yeah. probably I think down one of the aisles in Tesco's maybe like the world food aisle or something they do those giant bags they look like yeah. fucking massive compost bags but yeah, they do bags of rice yeah
1: yeah, I don't know where to put a ten kilo bag of rice. And I don't need that much of it to need ten kilos. Like I'm not yeah. a twenty stone Mr. Olympia compared to that, who just lives on rice because they jam in so much insulin they need to know they eat it every day.
0: Yeah, uh, to be honest, I probably use more packet rice than I do um, dry rice. So yeah, for convenience. Me too. That is an expensive I, way to do it, though. Very expensive way to do it.
1: Yeah, it is very. But charging rice is definitely the best rice. With everything,
0: if it's not, just so if wet not, and yeah, it's sticky and. But if not, any other long grain like a basmati, or...
1: I could like varying up or just have like lemon rice and Mexican rice and this is, mushroom rice.
0: This is why packet rice is good because you can have all these different stuff easily, rather than to like start doing your own flavors. But yeah. anyway, we we're digressing a bit talking about rice, meat This is about nutritional, all oh, fairness. Yeah, which is pro- probably better than most of the bollocks we usually talk about
1: so we can conclude you that when Ed's involved in the podcast we end up talking more bollocks
0: that's because Ed is bollocks
1: you're Ed you're bollocks
0: he won't listen back unless we tell him that we abused him and then he'll probably want to know what we said so he might listen back like last time when we said about who would win in a fight and clearly it was me but he actually went back and specifically listened to that episode to work out what we were saying
1: (laughs) Oh, funny I think think it was the correct, uh, correct call
0: yeah 100% 100% it's yeah. a little pussy oof oosh gosh yeah. Eh? yeah well harsh but fair what have you been up Don't to this, what you been, yeah it's fair what have you been up to this week mate uh likes last night on the night to, before legs today
1: Funny enough I did legs
0: today
1: yeah, yeah I, I did so. <laughs> most Sundays I, did. Do. I do like I did legs today D-load week though however I oh. needed a D-load week I felt like I felt like death. The end of the week, last week, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, i gonna be a wreck you. Like yeah. when you're aching, you lay you're, you're like you know, playing with and you kneel on your on your feet, sort of thing, like you know, on your toes, like kneeling down. My joints are aching. I was like, oh god, so, um, so aching. We
0: might, have, we might have spoke about this previously on either a topic uh, or the podcast or just generally anyway. But do you take structured deloads, or, or yeah. Am I right in thinking? Do, do you as in do you have them set and you take them regardless or do you kind of auto-regulate them
1: I take them regardless I think you get because I'm all oh, the thing where I just keep I can keep going oh I can do one more rep or I can add a bit more work done actually and it ends up being like I don't know you accumulate too much fatigue and you mm. even though you'd probably find it in the gym and you after two direct set, you know, two sessions after each other you you've your performance is worse than you know you need to deload, but it's like, oh, I put it in every six weeks, and it works out all right.
0: That's quite a long paradigm as well, actually. I only do every... I used to do three to one, so three weeks of accumulating and one um, one um deload, and then I kind of started working four to one, and then I, feel, I kind of felt that that's now more optimal for me. I think yeah. if I pushed it any more, I think I would struggle to repeat performance or... I'd probably end up just getting injured too much like i'm i'm not great for injuries anyway i'm always seen like when i say not i never have any massively severe injuries but i always seem to have niggles all the time mm. or things like last ages so i was speaking to my mate this morning and i've still got elbow tendonitis in my right arm from last september bear in mind it's yeah. now september again like i've had it for a yeah. whole year yeah and obviously like my pht proximal hamstring tendonopathy Mostly done, but I've been left with a few side effects of like slightly weaker sides and stuff, which I think that was causing like a weird, weird like squat tilt. I was like shifting to my right when I was when weights oh, got yeah. a bit heavy and stuff to overcompensate and stuff like that. So I was just gonna go, oh, I've got loads of little niggles like that, but nothing that stops me full stop. Albeit I probably should actually take some time off doing certain stuff and instead of trying to train around it all the time, but
1: we don't I like think to stop. I think that's a, a good take for people because i think when you train especially if you look at like bodybuilders and you're in you're mostly a bloke because it's this stuff is bloke tend to look at it, you've got a bench you've got a squat you're a deadlift you don't because really those three things unless you go to certain uh mechanics correct then is squatting really the best for your quads if you if you went with the right mechanics probably not probably better off
0: if you're just talking purely muscle gain and nothing yeah. else, if you if you literally yeah. just want to get big quads, are squats the best? Probably. Depending on your mechanics. Yeah, probably not for most people.
1: Yeah, when I used to have always get a, a injury rugby. I was eighteen. So I jarred my well hip. And I can't I couldn't bend down. It's for weeks, like so I got it done. And then it only ever happened when I'm deadlifting. So I just knocked it on the it was was point? It's a dangerous. It's a pretty dangerous exercise, really. And I, why do you do it? What for? What's the need of it? Unless you're powerlifting, mm-hmm. and you want to get strong in the deadlift for a reason, then it's like, well, what's the point? But I just don't do it. Yeah. I only I Romanian deadlift. I don't conventional deadlift anymore. I will trap bar because the bar is higher. You're sitting higher up, so you're not going so far down. The trap bar we go. So I just don't conventional deadlift anymore because I know and since then that's been about a year and a half. I
0: have not I am not a I'm not a since. Yes. Yeah. I it's funny like I think for most people it's well accepted that the deadlift, like conventional deadlift or sumo deadlift, rather than necessarily like more um like an RDL or some more hip engine. Um I say that that's a ridiculous thing to say for a deadlift really they're all hip engine, but anyway, I think most people say from if your goal is hypertrophy over necessarily either powerlifting or just like strength based stuff. It is a bit of a shit exercise for hypertrophy because there's a massive ratio of fatigue to stimulus. So yeah. as in, it's out, yeah, it's outweighed by more, more fatigue than probably required for the amount of stimulus you get. Um, so yeah, and most, people like, for, most people are
1: bad for most people bad form generally. Yeah, you look around a yeah. gym and people are squatting is horrific.
0: Yeah, yeah, like dead deadlifting especially. Is like deadlift uh, form for a lot of people is fucking appalling. Um, like in your average gym, anyway. And it's kind of like, well, you know, especially when your average gym goes probably just trying to look better, deadlift probably isn't a very good selection. Um, but I don't think that's a controversial statement to make. I think it's pretty well accepted. You get the odd people that are like, oh, no, deadlifts are great for building muscle. And, all right, yeah, they they still will build muscle. They are still a good movement pattern, and you'll still get strong, like, posterior and stuff. But, I don't know, I'd probably say there are better things, a bit like we're talking about the squat. There are probably better things to put in if you if you're just looking at a better physique than deadlifting. So... No, I know it's something obviously
1: the extreme end. Well, yeah, I think it is cause it's because it's the, it's the accepted movements to make And there's a lot of, a lot of women now in gyms do deadlifting thing. and do you really need to do it? What's the point, really? Because you know for women in general, they tend to focus more on bums and legs where men would focus on chest and arms. So it's like, well, there's better things than deadlifts are doing yeah. that.
0: RDLs. and it's less danger RDL's you if, if you want a nice bum and a strong backside or like as in as in posterior um, yeah I would say RDL's better, would be a better variant than actual um, deadlift off the floor like a conventional or a CMA
1: Chuck some glute bridges in there heavy yeah. I was thinking yeah uh, but uh, it's all, I think but a lot of PT's programming as well I am thinking is it really worth it What's the point, really? Mm-hmm. Unless they're going to be a power lift and they want a deadlift, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. But, I was, looking, I, was looking, I was looking at someone deadlift early, I was like, oh, that's performance in good leg and it's and it's Like, and he's quite, and he's like, I don't know what it was, on, 160, 70s he's like, oh, no, you don't, want you, don't want you back going when you pick that, when you got that off, when you air
0: No, this is the thing, like, I guess, like, there's a high <laughs> risk of, like, chronic injury over time, but also, deadlift is probably one of the, exercises where there's a high risk of acute injury as well
1: yeah it's like the bench on it most blocks will bench but I do single arm um flat dumbbell so one one arm at a time and I crucify my chest ten times more than a bench mm. ever has and I feel emotionally it's just how much chest you really get in bench
0: an actual barbell get... bench yeah bench. uh lot of yeah. shoulders, a lot of triceps. Yeah. Well, you, the, the bar just restricts a lot of movement patterns. So certainly for, you know, you're talking about earlier biomechanics for people. Like, you can't get the same stretch because your hand grip and distance between hands and stuff like that are fixed because of where they are on the bar. Whereas you stick them in dumbbells, all of a sudden you've got free range of motion to kind of see what they fix all fixing in your, your own specific biomechanics. You can get a better stretch on the pec, um, which means you can load it over a better range of motion and should stimulate more muscle growth. So...
1: I mean, you think about getting rid of it
0: totally. The, the problem is, is yeah, like you if you again, you know, if we're talking about just, there are no exercises you have to do for bodybuilding for physique at the moment, literally none. Like, there's always alternatives if you don't want to do something. Problem is, it's like I kind of like benching, and I like yeah. I, yes, I took I have taken deadlift out this me- just literally this measure cycle, but it's more because I've just felt a bit of stiffness in my lower back. So like I was just that's more of a precautionary thing. I didn't want to make it worse. So I've taken it out completely for this mesocycle and just letting things heal. Um but I don't know if I'll put it back in or not really. I might do next meso, next meso so it depends how I feel really. But um Yeah, there's like there's things I like I like I like benching, so that's kinda of why it might not be like there might be better variants for like chest development, but I like bench pressing in terms of barbell mm. bench, so I'll keep it in.
1: Yeah, and and in dumbbells you are are usually limited to what the max weight or the gym is, mm. like, that's, I know, I can press 50s, and that's the max weight in the gym, Just like, unless I'm going for reps, then you're not going to get any heavier.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's that's partly my problem at home gym, my Ironmaster dumbbells, which are adjustable, they only go up to like 34, so, like, I'm now doing, I don't know, 34 for a dozen, say, um, which is like, I can't really like I don't. I, obviously, I, I can't increase the weight anymore. So I'm okay I only really increase reps on dumbbell sets, unless I now buy heavier dumbbells, which will probably be what I have to do next. But um, not that's impressive because 34s. You know, Johnny, you just said you can do 50s. Not gonna do 34. <laughs> not for 12 or. <laughs> well, no. well, actually, I never, I've never actually tried. But no, I don't. I don't think I could even press 50, mate. I don't know. I
1: can one. I can one arm. Um, I can one arm. Um... Press in the forty
0: two and a halfs, fleet Yes, I'll you, the day before. Just slightly the subject, but I'll tell you what I have got into after listening to the Stronger by Science podcast with Eric Tressler talking about um, they talk about military press and or like basic overhead press, um, stand overhead press, and saying that obviously a lot of people find it a bit of a funky movement, and don't really like it, and I don't really like it that much, even though I do do do, do it in parts of my program. I did switch to an alternative, which they suggested, which I've never really done before, but I liked it. Uh, a single arm um, seated overhead press or military press. So just with a dumbbell. So just, you know, just yeah. dumbbell press, just what single arm. I actually really liked it. Felt really nice and controlled. Just felt very natural and smooth. And again, a bit like the, the principle of not having a bar and being restricted in movement pattern. The dumbbells just allowed me a bit more range. I've got a slightly dodgy shoulder from a motorbike accident I had like years ago anyway. Um, so yeah that helped helped a lot
1: I think with single arm obviously they can't see what I'm doing but with that like for my bachelor that that exposes me more doing that and I find that hard if I was just doing that it's much
0: kinder yeah yeah a lot of people just struggle with like with an overhead press uh, with a bar just kind of um, dipping under the bar and getting it overhead rather than because obviously if not you end up whacking yourself in the nose or um, the people just struggle to get that kind of movement pattern right so it is it is difficult access to perform I think it? yeah it's 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 funny like bodybuilding weightlifting resistance training I don't think people that I don't think people that don't do it realise that how much of a skill it really is because it just looks like oh you're just moving weights around in reality it's really not that simple like no. it's it's only until you've trained for like and it sounds ridiculous but years where you start to realise that how complex and to get like your actual form and movement patterns. As well as you can get for your body, it takes a long, long time, a long, long skill development over a long, like a long period, to to kind of get right.
1: Yeah, if you look at people, I guess you look at people who who dumbbell shoulder press on, on a on a bench with their shoulders against the bench, but their lower back so far off the bench, it's like they're inclined.
0: Yeah, like hyper chest press, like hyper extended. Yeah.
1: If you said to them force your lower back onto that bench it would cripple them in the main weight they're using yeah, but way. that's the little things isn't it the little things you may not realize you're doing or don't think are wrong and you go actually just that little small change is just totally transformed that movement feels for you
0: yes yeah. yeah, there's loads of exercises like that we can do where um even like i don't know take quad extensions you know, if you take, get someone to actually hold on to the machine, if you're doing like, or, or pull yourself down into the bench, how much like harder it finally then makes it. Yeah. Or like same same with leg press. Um, you see it, people on leg press and they'll hold their quads and they'll squeeze their quads. And that just adds a bit of firmness and makes the the the, the, the press easier to do. You tend to take the hands off the quads and actually hold on to the leg press and pull themselves into it or something. Fuck me, this is hard. Yeah, it's because yeah. all of a sudden you're having to engage your core and actually use your legs rather than just kind of like push them with like stiff quads.
1: Oh, yeah, because I find that a lot of people who go, they're racking their weight done up and they're constantly pushing their hands on their quads. So you're not using your quads; you're pushing with your hands as well as your quads. Take them off, drop the weight a little bit. It's more men on it. It's ego liftings on well, I think as you get old, I think oh, what's the point? Like, because eventually you will get that strong anyway. Just you maybe sure get that strong a bit slower with the correct form. I mm-hmm. mean, there's nothing more impressive than someone, I don't know, squatting big weight who can slowly right. control it. Pause and come up, little breaking form.
0: And the thing is, like mechanical tension is what drives hypertrophy, muscle growth. And to get more mechanical tension would be actually well, you know, focus on using that specific muscle through form and a good range of motion, not through momentum and other movements of just getting the the weight from A to B. That doesn't grow muscle. So
1: that's why you don't tend to want to look at professional bodybuilders train like Branch Warren. (laughs) Because it's the most horrific training in all of history, yeah. but he is a giant man, so whatever he's doing clearly works for him. However, funny. if you copy it, you will break.
0: <laughs> it is funny because, like, you watch Generation Iron or Generation Generation Iron Two, and obviously you've got these fucking mammoth guys on there. And I, I joked, I had it on watching it, and Jenna was in the room, and I joked about how like appalling like Arnie's training form was in some movements, and like Lou Ferrigno, on there. and then I'm like. Like if you looked at that guy an average guy if he was tiny in the gym you'd be like his training his like, form is appalling but it's hard to say that when they're fucking huge and I know like, it's like oh yeah, they're taking a lot of drugs yeah, people don't always realise mm. that but
1: a lot of people especially blokes will look at them go well, right he must know everything because he's huge mm-hmm. I always related to would you take financial advice from someone who's won the lottery you wouldn't just because they've got loads of money doesn't mean they know how to create money it's like just because they're massive doesn't mean they know how they got there and most of them don't because the things the things they say are absolutely ludicrous so they like, what are you talking about fair enough you're huge but don't start dishing out advice when it's absolute bullshit and you can't really argue because they're going to go well look at you compared to me you're like well yeah I can't really argue with that but that's the thing in it's
0: like
1: because <clears throat> yeah. well, the way they look they got the authority haven't
0: they well, sadly You've, all you've got to do is look at um, my old friend Michael Carroll who was obviously from down the road from me in Swartham. Yeah. start taking fucking financial advice off him when he won like 10 million and lost it all in like five years or something.
1: I think that's insane. Yeah. Ten, losing 10 million. If you are losing 10 million you're something wrong, wrongly
0: really you? It's outrageous. Yeah, well to be fair he probably lost most of his um, through like, fines and um, penalty orders and stuff because he used to go around, like, shooting barb- uh, bearbells into... Barbells? Bearbells? Ball, 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 ball bearings? Ball bearings. Ball bearings. Bear same thing, I don't know. Yeah, ball bearings. Bearbells? bells. Yeah. Same thing?
1: No. no. I think what they are, ball bearings. Anyway,
0: shooting pellets into people's cars just for fun. Just go around vandalising and shit. Mate, you've got 10 million quid and you've got better things to do. Or was well, your show just got back in here. Yeah, yeah. Just literally. So this is, he probably obviously got court ordered to obviously pay damages for most obviously stuff like that when he got caught so I think you he think did you... anyway please don't sue me in case it's wrong because it might be wrong you just, just go and buy 50, 100 grand houses right
1: and you could make 25 grand a month
0: that's my... every hey, month you...
1: for the rest of your life uh,
0: that's what I'm saying you wouldn't even need that you could just go I'll tell you what I'll just stick that 10 million pound in some sort of bond or financial instrument and live off the interest
1: well yeah
0: you could live a nice modest lifestyle off that and never have to work again
1: like yeah, like to me, investing when you've got a small amount of money is pretty pointless because it doesn't really work for you anymore. But when you have got that much money, one percent, two percent interest is nice on ten million.
0: It's very nice. Um you get more than that on a bond anyway, but you know, you probably get like five percent, maybe more, as what it does. Um shall we um move on? Yeah, why not? So, is anything notable you've done this week?
1: Anything knocked about done this week? Um I'm trying to think really. Um, what day are we? Sunday. I, no, I don't think I have really. Nothing really. No. Me no, boring really.
0: Mini. Boring. Boring. <laughs> boring. Um Yeah, boring. I I could, I could update everyone on my uh what I've what I've stole the term primer phase for. So my kind of mini cut. Yeah. I think the term par- primer phase I heard coined by um, Steve Hall, Revive Stronger, and that lot, I think it was his term, unless he is something that he's taken from someone like Mike hotel or whatever, however, I don't know. And usually that's the case, that's more of a, a maintenance phase of lower volume to kind of prime yourself for something else. However, I've kind of taken my own adaptation of it and used it as a phase more as a prime to similar sim, similar concept in that you're priming for something else. So um, I am doing a slightly lower volume phase. However, I am eating in a calorie deficit and not uh, maintenance, which is what he suggests in his primer phase. Um, more so, because I think, right, what, what the concept is really that I'm priming myself now for future growth by obviously reducing volume to help basically resensitize to volume. So when I kind of ramp volume up again, hopefully I'm more sensitive to it. And obviously I'll see better gains through that process. Um, but also by the dieting aspect, um, I'm, I guess, giving myself more runway or leeway to, to basically help bulk into or mass into again. So like I started this on the 20th of August, It's now the 1st of September, so nearly two weeks. Um, and I think I was on 184 pounds nearly. Um, my lowest weighing was a couple of days ago and I would down to 175 something, so nearly nine pounds. Um, cool. It's got one of this. Yeah, well, obviously there's initial weight drop and stuff, but and some glycogen and things like that. And my lowest weighing was after, which is always on a Friday, after I do a run on a Thursday night. So I'm always a bit dehydrated slash you know, glyco- glycogen depleted the following day. So it's always my lowest. So I always expect a, a, an increase on the Friday, Saturday, uh, which does always happen. So I can't remember what it was on this one. I think it was 176 odd. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm still pretty pleased on that. That's a good half a stone pretty much I mean my average is probably around a half a stone down average weighing. in so um, that's pretty good pretty happy I think with everyone
1: that. I think everybody listening would be happy with that in the first two weeks
0: yeah and I think obviously I've got another couple of weeks planned until um, we go on one Matthew Morgan stag do to Lisbon um, and then after that I should end the primer phase and then move on to uh, back to massing or bulking however I've really enjoyed the physical changes um, and also how much, like, almost more energetic I feel. Like, the running's easier. Like, I found myself getting, as I was getting the heavier, like, into the 180s and above, I found myself feeling like running was getting harder. I said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I guess, like, your ox- oxygen consumption being heavier is worse, which means, obviously, your heart has to work harder, and your fitness, space, your cardiovascular fitness isn't as good. So, um, yeah, I found that more difficult. And I actually feel just a bit more energetic and sprightly and a bit better just being a little bit lighter so phew, I was wondering whether I might extend this primer phase into more of a dieting period maybe for a bit longer but it's all going to depend 100% on how I feel, um, I'm certainly not taking my eyes off my longer goal of still massing for as long as I can, I'm not going to suddenly go oh I'm going to diet now and get really shredded um, but I might just basically give myself more room to mass into for a longer period afterwards I don't know, we'll see.
1: Didn't Mike talk about before having like a 3, three to 1 or 4 to 1 ratio so 3 months you've done, if you're massing three months of massing and then four weeks off for mini cut and then three months of massing, four weeks of
0: mini cut, three, four, three, four. Yeah. 3DMJ do a four to one paradigm or ratio for for massing and cutting usually is what they recommend. So like you say, four weeks to every one week dieting. And obviously that's not four weeks on one week diet, four weeks on one week diet. That's like, if you've, if you've massed for 16 weeks, then a four week diet should be enough to get back to, to be able to mass again. Mm. Um, so we'll see, I don't know, like I said, this will be like three, and th- it'll be nearly, it'll be just short of four weeks would be my primer phase, which is easy enough. Like I said, if I can get another even three pounds average weight off, that will give me 10 pounds to mass into, which could easily be 10 months if I do it right. You know, you oh, yeah, 100%. a pound a month, I'd probably, probably be been a bit of a faster gain than a pound a month, but you know, it could easily be six months, say that in that four weeks, I've given myself six months to, to kind of mass into, but We'll see. Like I say I think I'd probably like to bring my average weight down a bit, and I use the term average as in I feel like I'm probably a little bit fatter at the what you might say is peak mass or the top end than I want to be, and that's more not necessarily from a muscle building perspective, more just from generally how I feel and like fitness perspective and stuff, because um, I don't like feeling like I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit unfit, and um, which you know when I get that heavier, my cardio does suffer quite a lot. So
1: I think when you're eating a lot food, to get a bit more get a bit. Blought in the stomach, it's a bit heavier, it's more food volume, like oh, a bit lethargic.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't really had a like, food's not really been a problem, even at the top end of of massing, um, like even in the like a lot of people might think oh one eighties like early to mid one eighties isn't even that heavy and it's not, uh, but I don't know, it just I I just feel like I suffer a bit in in a fitness perspective or from a fitness perspective like I, it's noticeable like my my take my ten ks were like 46 minutes 47 minutes and like they were starting to get like like if i had to rate an rpe like a 10 really hard to do that so like that was noticeable that when i was like even a four or five pounds lighter how much easier it felt so um i'm just i have to balance all that up basically with like the psychological the physical aspect of it and stuff so we'll see well anyway the whole point of this ramble was for me to say like actually i'll just see how it goes really by the end of um by the end of the primer phase after stag doing see what happens after that so
1: and you mentioned that you see underneath these not heavy but how heavy is the average man how maybe how heavy would the average man be in shape not yeah. very heavy no, no. at all I mean the conception of people walking around a sixteen seventy stone shred is does not happen very very rarely you see what sort of people go to place very no. rare and you notice know, up you go like me he's massive yeah
0: I mean m- m- most most guys that probably like weigh one eighty ish pounds, if they actually kind of got lean as such, they'd probably get down to the one fifties. Probably. And be like, like oh, leavenstone. Yeah. And they'll walk around at eleven stone thinking, Oh shit.
1: Because people think, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll die at I'll lose fifteen pound be sure did it. Nah, you be shredded and you will not It'd be like you lose thirty pound then you will be shredded.
0: You lose thirty shit. pounds you still think, Cock, I could do another stone
1: yeah that's the thing and unless you start off a like 20 stone with a load of mass mm. and you can get to 16 15 16 stone and you look massive there's a there's a, there's a woman well woman in my gym now she is mad oh my god probably one of the best shapes I've seen for muscle you know what I mean I don't think most women would like it but it's like bloody hell fucking hell you must have fucking put the effort in mm. big lump big quads I bet up quads 27-28 20, inches you more, your eyes? No, but well, just they just look big, blood. Like. Unbelievable. We of a tank, bloke. that's well. Right? Impressive. A gym, I've got a new gym now, and it's like everybody's in shape. My like, God, don't even see how I do
0: Well, but yeah, I guess maybe the types of gym, like certain gyms, I suppose attract certain individuals. And like, there's a there's a gym in Norwich, called fully pumped, which tends to attract like your bodybuilder style. Which, yeah. so most people there are in decent-ish nick um, hence why I don't go there
1: it gives you it's been a motivation you see all people they lift in this and they look like that and it gives you an extra motivation to do you know aim for something like that Like, hmm.
0: unless you go in and just feel completely inferior
1: no I don't cause
0: I've always been pretty strong so I don't I, don't I, I, like
1: didn't, like,
0: oh, yeah. I didn't mean you specifically mate I meant more no, some people no. might be put off by. So like, oh shit I don't want, look at all these Adonises I don't want to be going in there
1: yeah, but I think people, people don't give a fuck what they eh? Nobody cares. Like they look at two, they those sort of people are twinging looking at what they do in the mirror, and yeah. um, what well, me Seth to go left or rep. So they don't give a fuck about you.
0: <laughs> so um, so I haven't got much else to top date on. I think I think that's probably mostly what I've been you know worth even talking about. My life is boring, much like yours. So.
1: But it's all um, relevant stuff you know, yeah. for, isn't it? bit training, nutrition stuff
0: in there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I just thought, um, as we're thirty-one minutes in, nearly thirty-two, we should probably start talking about some form of content. So, um, this, uh, I suppose this episode was inspired by another nutrition group. Oh my god, I'm part of another nutrition group. How dangerous of me. Um, some comments Sorry. around. What's that? Scumbag. Scumbag. I know. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm part of a few new, like um, groups mainly because like they're usually run by friends or I know people in them and stuff, and yeah. you tend to help out trying to you know maybe answer some questions or just get involved in the chat. I got involved in one chat specifically around um, a lady that I can't remember how the what the context of the conversation was really, but um, it came down to that she. Uh, I could be making this up while butchering it, but let's just go with it because I don't think the, it really matters. The principle's the same. Um, refused to eat uh, meals that were provided for in, I don't know, say, like an office or a meeting environment and instead brought her own salad. And she was kind of, I guess, mocked, or, yeah, mocked is probably the right word for obviously, like, why you eating the salad? Why wouldn't you eat the sandwiches provided, say, as an example, blah, blah, blah. And it came down to that she basically chose she didn't want to eat that food because she couldn't track it where she could obviously track her homemade salad um so that kind of inspired me to think about like some basis on the conversation chat i got into was around like whether um whether it's psychologically healthy to avoid foods on the basis of that you can't you don't know what's in it you don't know who made it you don't know what the calorie macronutrient content especially is so, I thought it was an interesting chat and might be a nice topic to talk about. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: In her situation, from that specific well, any, context. Any,
0: any situation, really, I want to chat about, but if you want to address hers first, by all means.
1: I'll address hers first, I think, general. I think for her, depending on obviously, we don't know what the goals are. If she's got certain goals, then it would make sense for her because most workplace workers
0: dog shit anyway can can i can i just just interject slightly just because i want to make sure that you understand her her, like what i got from her context as i say i do i do think she didn't eat it purely because basically it's a very macro she she has a very macro driven approach um it was a macro specific group i was in so obviously they they count macros so in that respect she knows or understands flexible dieting and how you can be flexible so I guess it was a choice for them to choose that food on the basis that they and as I say this is why I want to to cuz I think it's key that because they didn't know us in that food they didn't want to eat it it's because they couldn't accurately track
1: I think for the general population you, you you're running a dig just but you are doing it that way You're you are severely limiting Potentially, your social life and how you live your life. You'll end up being so focused on food. Oh, I, I don't know what macros and in that. I don't know what much ponies. And you will only eat anything, stuff, past stuff you've made, you'll end up knocking out because you can't count the calories or you can't count the macros. I think for normal people, it's not a road to go down because training should increase your well being, make you feel better. And then doing that is taken away psychologically. However, if you have a competition then I think it's it's okay as long as it's a temporary thing right actually I gotta show up enough physique bodybuilding whatever so you've got to be in shape I think fine as long as you understand right after this however many weeks it's gonna be then when I return to mass and then I have the ability to go right let's relax I can be more flexible I understand that Obviously I'm not gonna know what's in that whatever when you eat out. But I, I got a rough idea what it's about and I don't mind having a rough idea rather than being accurate. So I think it depends. If you if it's your job, then I think men you gotta have a different mentality to just it's just something you do to enhance your life. If it's your job, you get paid for it. And <clears throat> if it's what you do as a sport, then I think it's okay. But you do board on the lines of if, if if you do it all the time and then when you retire, will you ever get out to that mindset of oh I dunno what's in that? So I suppose it depends, but for the general population I think it's a bad road to go down. Especially when you know if you know macros, you know calories. You know what I mean? If you have one meal that's got inadequate protein, is it really going to affect you? Not at all. No, you're not gonna see any difference you. costs a three month cut or whatever. I mean if it happens every day, then right you probably would see um, a reduction in gains or whatever, but it's probably not the good road to go down. Mm. I think for women especially because of, well nowadays it's, it's most of the was men in it, but for years of being targeted with diets, I don't think it's a right road to go down
0: yeah. for that. Well, that's, that, that's an interesting comment because obviously we talked about the anti-diet diet last week, and we will be having soon uh, an expert on to talk about kind of like anti-diet and diet culture. So, like I'm not you, you're not wrong. I think obviously females are targeted more or have been affected probably more with diet culture than men. Um, so I agree with you. I just think it'd be that'd be that's a good point, and a cool point to discuss in more detail with someone obviously that knows more more about it.
1: Yeah, because from what my uh, my experience with coaching men and women, because I think men are more data driven, women are more emotional. It's just the way men and women are. It's not offensive so if you take offence to that.
0: Then, you're, yeah. And also, you you're um, out outwardly generalising, like you're you're generalising on purpose because yeah. you know that people are different than individuals. So. Well, yeah,
1: like there's like there's extremes of either sexes that are like. The total opposite of what the standard man is. The standard man is more into things and stuff. Women are more into emotionals and people, and that's just the fact of the majority. You know what I mean? But, um, what's going with that?
0: We were basically saying about um, dark culture and weird.
1: Yeah, because I think they're more emotional, and I think if you go down that route of, I can't, I don't know what's in that, and then you end up not going out. Are you not seeing your friends? Are you not seeing people? That's gonna affect your mo- emotional um, health. Whereas, I don't think that affects men so much in general. I'm not saying it doesn't affect some men, but in general, I think men find it easier to do things like that for a set period and not let it affect them mentally, Yeah. on the most part.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I suppose like my, my tuppence or two pence on that was kind of like it ended or concluded with, I like, I don't base my food choices on whether I can track or not. Um, she doesn't. No, that's what I said. Are oh, you oh, you done? Yeah, I, I basically, like, I, I, I kind of chipped in with a conversation discussing kind of like the, the psychological aspect of the sort of things that you've just touched on really and how it can affect longer term food relationships. Um by constantly avoiding like foods that oh I can't eat that because I don't know what's in it um, or you know I I can't eat that because it might not align my goals and it's kind of like well there is an aspect of um, doing the right things that help you with the outcome you desire i.e. weight loss however. Um, there's kind of like when it when it starts become or bring any type of negative emotions or feelings because you're even feeling guilty because you're eating certain foods or you're, if you're starting to feel like you're having to miss out or deprive or restrict yourself of certain foods on the basis of something as what I feel is quite trivial, i.e. you don't know exactly how that food was prepared and what's in it. I feel like that's a probably got more negative outcomes or or kind of negative effect on your well-being and your food relationships and just basically your greater happiness then it should have credence for it should be worth because like i suppose it's like you can eat a sandwich and you might be quite a way off in terms of like it's macronutrient content because you might not know how much protein carbs and fats in it you're probably going to be less way off with calories if you're someone that's tracked for long enough but you are probably gonna have a rough idea in terms of how many calories in a, a sandwich or how many samples you're eating even if you're still not really that accurate you're not going to be thousands of calories off you know you might be hundreds of calories off you might even be less than hundreds of calories because you might think i'll just eat the chicken sandwich so like the average chicken sandwich might be four or five hundred calories i don't know um so you, you're going to have a rough idea so it should be a case of just just go with that and move on and just You know don't stress or worry about it because i feel like otherwise the negative effects of your like food relationships and mental well-being and happiness far outweigh any negative effects of you getting the actual fucking calories or macros wrong and i suppose that's that's kind of why that's why i ended with like basically like i think the question that the reason that was posted because it's kind of like what would you do or am i wrong for feeling bad for eating this salad or, or or should they be mocking me for eating this salad and my response was, "Well, no, you shouldn't be wrong. Um, you shouldn't. Oh, sorry, you shouldn't feel bad for for eating your salad. You should do what you want. However, I don't usually base my food choice on whether I can track or not. I base on whether I want them or not, and whether they align my goals. Um, yeah. Because obviously, if you wanted those sandwiches, but you just didn't eat them because you did, you you weren't confident in being able to go, oh my God, uh, you know, there's X amount of calories in it or whatever. That shouldn't really be the thing that determines whether you decide to eat that food or not."
1: If I was me, I'd be thinking, right, for me to be full I'd need about six sandwiches, which is gonna be like seven hundred calories. I'd rather just have a chicken salad that bulks out, I know it's gonna fill me up. I wouldn't do it because I can't track it. I understand there's probably gonna be a lot of calories, mm. but I'd rather have a lot more volume, like five times the volume yeah. for the well, even for the same calories and no, I'm gonna be full and not you don't tend to want more salad, but you do tend to want more egg
0: meal, sandwiches. <laughs> it, it, and to be, you know, that's a that's a banging point because it's something that I feel like really goes um understated and like the way good nutrition good relationship with foods and good habits kind of um can pan out or no sorry something that can really drive good good relationship with food and good nutrition is that kind of understanding and acceptance that you can eat what you want you know there are no foods restricted flexible dieting has has been hugely positive for that aspect because when that when you kind of know and understand that for the exact literal reason what you just said a lot of people then don't actually want it you know they 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 know they can have chocolate and still lose weight because they know if they adhere to a calorie deficit that i can eat chocolate and lose weight when you know that it comes down to well it's a choice it's a choice whether i choose or not I, i have that choice it's not taken away from me i'm not restricted if i want it, i can have it You sometimes think, but to be honest, I don't really want it that much to go hungry. So therefore, I'll more than happily choose these other foods. And they're literally, it's like, you don't feel restricted because you know you could have had it, but you just chose not to. That that can sometimes just be such an eye-opening experience or such an empowering experience for people. And that's kind of like why... I don't like Slim World very much a lot of the time and you know, a lot of the, like weight watchers, a lot of those types of other dieting protocols because they do create guilt and they do create this level of restriction where, okay, you can have, you can have you know, these foods with sins as such, but they tend to be so heavily sinned that they mean that you're not eating anything but that chocolate, say, and that type of stuff. So it doesn't leave you a lot of room to, to have anything else. So you're almost forced into choosing something different or, or something else. So yeah. therefore you don't feel like you have a choice.
1: Yeah, that is true. You think you look at the average buffet, you have it, we work. You could probably legitimately have three big meals for the equivalent calories of one buffet because nobody has one sandwich and a biscuit, do they, In a buffet, so, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, I can eat, I can have three, you know, if you packed it full of veg, I can have three big meals for the equivalent of a couple of sandwiches, a cake, and a couple of biscuits, then you think, actually. I'm gonna be really full so I'm not gonna want them biscuits anyway so it's like again this choice in it if, to me, it's towards your goal it? You know what I mean if you've got a six months diet ahead of you and it's day 10 then you know and you're, you've got enough calories to go out yeah you can have a 650 calorie couple of sandwiches and crack on but yeah but yeah, if you're doing it just because you can't you can't um, track the calories in it's definitely an issue where we just said you could just make a choice of going. Around. I don't want that because of I'd rather eat my higher volume meal it's going to fill me up more than those sandwiches because I know low volume I carry rather than going oh I can't track them so I'm not going to have them because then you, you're fucked for everything and you can't go out you can't do anything you can't have ice cream in the shop you can't go for meals you don't know what's in a popcorn in a cinema you know what I mean yeah. you're yeah. like well what do you do
0: the thing is you could even take it to the more extreme in that labels are inaccurate anyway nutritional guidance on restaurants are hugely inaccurate um purely because obviously a lot of places get away with like it's handmade so therefore the nutritional or nutrition information given even on websites or on restaurants and stuff is allowed to be so far off that it's basically useless because they can they can get away with it saying it's handmade and obviously the, these will vary and if you kind of understand that then you think to yourself well actually like i can't eat anywhere because I don't know yeah. there's this amount of calories in it, or I don't know there's this much protein in it, because they could be wrong, you know? And obviously, that then, that then becomes really restrictive, or that can then become very, very stressful to, to think, like, oh, I'm just going to have to always sit in, I'm going to never be able to eat out.
1: Yeah. In that situation, you're almost better having a McDonald's, because at least you know it's a production line of food, so you know the party's probably going to be the same size all the time, the bread's going to be the same size all the time, because you know yeah. they want to make as much money as possible. If you go to a restaurant that's homemade, they ain't measuring stuff no they ain't gonna measure my super tail you're getting they go it's about that much yeah. it's about normal so that could was... be 200 grams could be 300
0: grams although like i get what you're saying burger wise fries if you've ever been to mcdonald's sometimes you get shit tons and sometimes you get none i mean of McDonald's
1: for you so i don't
0: yeah but no i did tell not tell lie you had a nice humility did you right well that's not really mcdonald's is it um no. but no no you're 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 right i mean even a lot of places I suppose a lot of places that are like independents that don't have like hey, this like production line stuff then people would struggle to go to because they're never gonna be that accurate compared to what they the information they might give. Even in um I don't know, take like the Pizza Express or something like that, even though they give out nutritional content, you would say it's quite production line really. I still doubt that the information given is that um that accurate. I mean a good example is like, I don't know, one of their like Lorraine pizzas, so like a ham and mushroom, I think, or an olive pizza. Says so it's like sixty grams of protein, and I was like, "Hmm, it's like two little tiny bits of ham on it." And so you're telling me that that probably equates to about five grams of protein. The other fifty-five grams must come from the cheese and the gluten in the wheat. I doubt there's that much in it. And you start thinking yeah. to yourself, "Well, okay, so they've very that." And even like Nando's. You get a Nando's and you're like, I don't know, uh, quarter chicken's got like sixty grams of protein. I'm like, Really? That'd be like nearly two full chicken breasts. Yeah. I'm like, mm. nah. So again, it's like, can you really trust the information? This is why, like, and we're not saying like, oh my god, the world's gonna end because you can't track your food. What we're saying is actually you shouldn't stress about it for these reasons. And that if you're just consistent over time, like you'll you'll get you'll see better progress being consistent over time, um, and the the kind of like the stress then won't matter, you don't need to stress about it.
1: I know, exactly. And the more you stress about it, the the less chance you want to stick to it as well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You yeah, can't absolutely. do certain things, you can't go places, you think, oh, I've had enough of this now. Is it really worth it? And you might most of the time it's not. So you go right actually out on the bother. I right. see people who were really into the really into the gym, shredded Ate like them, Eat chicken, rice, and broccoli, kai, tapu, whatever with them, and now they don't train at all. Fat. Nothing like they were
0: hey, at it's, all.
1: So they right gone, and right. I, I, I couldn't do it, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Because they they never understood that actually you don't have to carry around with tupperware of chicken, rice, and broccoli. And I mean, if you miss a meal, it doesn't matter. You, can, you can't eat the pizza and everything if you want. And it just, just wrecked them psychologically, and they never trade again. Mm. I couldn't do that, I
0: train. I to a day. I'm I'm a bit of a robot. I can be. Obviously, I'm a bit of a robot, and I can be quite consistent stuff anyway. But I can also enjoy the same foods day on. Day. Like I've eaten shredded chicken for lunch most days of the week for about five years, and it's like as in with shredded chicken, some sort of vegetables, and some sort of carb sauce for the most part, give or take the odd different occasion or maybe a weekend that type of stuff. But and I don't actually get bored of it, so i think i have quite i think i have quite a high tolerance for similar variety um, which i think is also why i'm very pro reduction of variety for clients that are trying to lose weight because i think it just the consistency and routine and less variety is game changer when it comes to just adhering to diets
1: yeah and, and especially if you've got no I don't know if you've got no kids in your stuff again you can just control exactly what you've got in your house you don't need to buy for you know don't need to buy CV cereal for the kids you just that is the ultimate right I, i'll only buy these 25 foods or whatever that's all i can get because there's there's nothing depending on how you think about it, nothing worse or better than going in the fridge and going fuck me there's nothing in here damn there's nothing shitty in here if i want to eat something i'm gonna to have to make something Mm-hmm. There's eggs, there's chicken, there's veg. So it's either going to be nothing or cooking a high-quality, nutrient-dense meal. But we all know, if most people, there was a chocolate bar and you're starving in a diet. There's a big temptation in isn't there? Yeah. When nobody's tempted to eat chicken and broccoli, you're like, ooh, I don't know why I should have that chicken and broccoli. You I don't know.
0: do. I don't know, mate. When I did the shoot Prep, there was periods where I would have killed <sighs> some more chicken and broccoli. I went. <laughs> the thing is, like, I weren't even like that shredded or that lean, so that you think that I'd be that hungry, but there were times where you're like, oh, but yeah, the I, problem
1: is for the average man, it is going to get that big, are Because the average man's like 14, 15 stone to get straight, and you going to be 11 so yeah. the calories you're eating, 11 stone, nothing.
0: Yeah, I didn't help myself that I was having to eat out like for the four or five or three or four weeks leading up to it, eat out three times a day, three days a week. So, and obviously, I wasn't eating in. I don't know salad bars. I was eating in fucking burger restaurants, so I obviously wasn't eating a huge volume of food. So there were some hungry, hungry periods. I can anyway. imagine. Anyway, um, I couldn't. P. Prime example, I couldn't track any of those foods because I was eating in restaurants. So I had to guess the motherfuckers what I was tracking, even though I was prepping for photo shoot. So should got shredded. Well, re- pretty lean. I wouldn't say shredded. I don't think I was quite there. rip then I don't know subjective in it but yeah okay I'll take it Um, I've enjoyed that I think there's a nice little little rant about that topic I've got uh, two new products for our feature which we need a jingle for I think good product bad product no that's
1: that's a really shit jingle that's crap Um, but yeah we do need a jingle not that that one
0: not that one maybe I'll try and come up for next week if I uh, can be bothered um don't go anywhere, Johnny, because I need you to read out the products. We have two so products here. I've turned the autofocus off on my Skype, so hopefully you can read these. I have one new product here that I found today
1: Tesco Slim Cook Chicken and Mushroom Castle, 193 calories. That's good.
0: Yeah. Weight Watchers Smart Points, one. Look at that. There's 193 calories, <coughs> 1. 1.8 grams of fat, 12 grams of carbohydrates, and 27.6 grams of protein. That's good, very picture good. It picture looks all right as well, doesn't it? That's quite nice. It does look good, actually. Yeah, it's a, a slim <clears> cooked grain, <throat> specifically developed for calorie-controlled and low in saturated fat. Reducing the consumption of saturated fat contributes to the maintenance of normal blood cholesterol levels as part of a varied and balanced diet.
1: Apparently.
0: Apparently. Um, cooked chicken breast in a vegetable and mushroom gravy served with sweet potato, carrot and swede crush and broccoli florets. There you go. So that is one <laughs> product. The other product is this. Can you
1: marshmallow, see that? Fruity, marshmallow, fruity pebbles. This is a very American cereal, isn't it?
0: It is a very American cereal.
1: Now, I'm gonna. Can I make a prediction now? Yeah, go for it. They're gonna be crap. Okay. And the Slim World is gonna be tidy. Okay.
0: Because
1: I think it's not Mashm-
0: Slim World don't don't brand it oh. Slim Cook by Tesco. Slim Cook Tesco's. But I do apologise, Tesco's. All
1: yeah. oh, the Tesco's been listening to this podcast, but you never know. Yeah,
0: um, um, just to- I think. Go on, go on, go.
1: On. The, 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 the fruity cereal. I don't think. I don't know. I haven't tasted it, but it just doesn't. I don't know. With marshmallows, I can't imagine the marshmallows adding much to that.
0: Okay. Do you want me to uh, drum roll and let you know the answer? Uh-uh. The no? fruity pebbles. I would say probably one of the best cereals <laughs> I've ever had. Really? Yeah. I like. Chocolate uh, marshmallows, chocolate mateys, sorry, or with like marshmallow bits in, were my greatest of all time. I think these are just pipped them. Do, like if you've ever, if anyone's ever had old school Fruit Loops, so not the shit you get in UK stores now, like B and M do these like unicorn Fruit Loops. They taste like shit. Cheerios, basically. They just taste like rainbow coloured Cheerios. So like pretty bland and boring. I'm talking about the old school, super fruity, loads of additives. Tons of sugar, um, those types of Fruit Loops, which are fucking delicious. They taste like them, but instead of Fruit Loops, they are, they describe them as sweetened rice cereal. I, I can only really describe them as like flat Rice Krispies, like very okay. light, very soft, but they're like really sweet and fruity. Um, and the marshmallows just add a nice, like foamy, marshmallowy bit, like Lucky Charms. Um, where did you get them from? Uh, I got them from BM. And you? Yeah. the um the slim cook meal maybe a bit harsh to say bad product basically it wasn't that great is probably the best way to describe it like as you can imagine for two quid and only 193 calories um you can imagine the quality wasn't brilliant it was very processed chicken um very thin tasteless sauce um but the crush was nice, the the like the the carrot swede and whatever else it was, carrot swede and sweet potato crush was quite nice. What I would say is though, well worth a buy as an emergency dinner in the freezer because obviously they're frozen meals and for two quid, like I bulked it out with some beef jerky, not in it, but as in some beef jerky alongside to have a bit of extra protein, um, and I added some root veg mash that I did already in a in a you know like with a pre-made stuff microwave jobbies and some extra broccoli and some extra vegetables to, to make it a massive meal um, yeah, that's nice, yeah. yeah and that was probably still about 350 calories for with the jerky with this and the added bits I had so um, basically so my outcome is fruit pebbles amazing these don't expect a lot but if you're dieting and not expecting a lot and I say uh, like a, an emergency dinner in the freezer meh does <laughs> a job does a job where it's not going to win any gourmet chef awards
1: I can't imagine no filling all, all
0: it did for the whole. yeah yeah did alright it was my uh, pre-meal before going to my uh, niece and nephew's birthday party which they had loads of sandwiches and loads of food which is ironic given the topic we just talked about <laughs> but it wasn't because I couldn't track it it was because it was I knew full well like you said Johnny I'd if I was going to go and have lunch there I would have needed to eat a hundred thousand sandwiches to feel full um instead I had that and I brought some birthday cake home with me which I can't really track because I don't actually know what's in the birthday cake <gasps> oh my god oh, birthday cakes amazing oh, I love it yeah it's a good one um I want to have a little um uh, I was gonna say shout shout's not the right word I've lost two clients this week Johnny that's not good no, it is good. It is good because both clients... So I say lost. We've lost two soldiers. They've both gone off on their merry way to basically uh, go out alone, which is all we really ask for. Uh, we even advertise ourselves as like, um, we'll, we obviously want to you know, teach and educate so that you can go off on your own, that you you're don't, you not relying on a coach for the rest of your life to obviously either get in shape or maintain the shape or whatever. So um, they've both gone off uh, on, the, on the way with... I haven't learned a lot, hopefully, and uh, I wish them all the success. The reason I'm saying this now is because that now means I have two spaces open. So if anyone wants some coaching um, and they want to um, obviously kind of learn a bit more about nutrition, if they want some accountability, uh, if they just want to speak to me weekly because they like me that much, by all means, uh, please get in touch, um, brett at com or message me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, or be honest I, I think there's probably some spaces in in any coaches if people do want some coaching in terms of uh, Johnny I think you've probably got have you got any spaces still
1: yeah i got a couple of spaces A couple of spaces Ooh, so. you would you must they would love to work with me just listen to me
0: hey Johnny's Welsh dulcet. in fact if you like Welsh dulcet tones I'll just put it on every week if you want if you want to work with me instead of Johnny hello yeah. hello it's Brett here if you want to work with me I can do your training plan and talk to you about chicken and broccoli there's a bit more that'd to be it hard keep. That'd be hard to keep up for, you know, a couple of months. I don't
1: know. I reckon I could keep it up for quite a
0: while. <laughs> That's what my wife says anyway. Wee. bomb, <laughs> bomb. Anyway, I thought it was worth saying that there's space available. If anyone wants to, um, to, uh, to obviously get involved. Um, get on the emails. Yes. Uh, on that note, Jonathan, we've hit the oh. hour mark. And I think this is a nice time to sign off.
1: I think it is. I think it it's is. half past nine. It's yeah. time for meal number
0: five. Uh, this will be meal number four for me. It'll be my fourth protein feeding, and I already have planned a SinFit protein bar and that birthday cake that I took home.
1: I have got something not as glamorous as that. I've got two hundred and fifty grams of mixed veg and liquid egg whites. That's it. Maybe some cheese. I think I was a moment of some cheese. I, I go out. Eat lean. I like, uh, no, I don't buy it. It's too expensive.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake, Johnny, you get 10% off online if you go to <laughs> dot putting in an
1: test. i do just not buy it. Uh,
0: no, it's not cheap. I go
1: to it, they don't stock it. So I don't hmm. buy it.
0: It's not cheap, but often it's on offer. And it's not too bad when you get some money off with us. So. If you buy a hamper, it's obviously cheaper because you're buying in bulk and you get some money off on top of that hamper, so it doesn't work out too bad. Plus, you get to try all the wicked products. Um I made an amazing cheese bake with the spreadable uh, a few weeks ago, and I've done that a couple of times since, where you get the get the spreadable, um uh, basic cookie pasta. Um I did it with like cookie pasta with chicken and ham and frying a load of random veg as well. I did like fucking peas and cauliflower and stuff. And um, so you can obviously whittle down the pasta if you want, have more veg if you want to go a bit lower carb or a bit lower calorie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All you do is you get your cheese sauce, stick it in the microwave for thirty seconds, a bit longer, and that melts into a really runny sauce. Pour it into your pasta, mix it around, son. Get it in your pasta dish. Top it with eating tasty or eating normal original like protein cheese if you want to again reduce the calories a bit. Stick it in the oven for twenty minutes. Bang in pasta bake, cheesy pasta bake, lovely let really that nice, is, sound nice I would yeah. say. it's piss easy as well. It's like it's not even hard to do. It's like you melt, you literally cook pasta in a pan, cook your meat in a pan, stick it all together, pop in the melted cheese, stick it in, done.
1: Job done. Job done. That does sound tasty. Yeah. might have to buy some meat lean cheese as I do that.
0: Yeah, Just, mate, get online and then ten, you can use the discount yourself. <laughs> <sighs> I don't well, eat a lot of cheese, I'll be honest. No, well, that's probably because it's too high in calories for someone dieting for their wedding. But Eat Lean Cheese isn't.
1: That's true. It isn't. And it's higher in protein.
0: Mate, the macronutrient profile, if you're talking about ratio of protein to calories, it's better than powdered weight.
1: Well, that's impressive. So there
0: is more protein and less calories in Eat Lean Cheese than there is powdered weight.
1: That's good. That is very good. That is good.
0: So, basically, if you're like me and you're lucky enough to be, obviously... Um, Sent some cheese, then you can just eat it from the block instead of drinking protein shakes after the gym.
1: It'd be quite nice to do, actually, get yes, the block.
0: It is, it is. It's nice to eat the food rather than have to just down a shake. So,
1: unless we do you eat the whole block of cheese, and it'll not be like 10,000 calories.
0: <laughs> I don't actually, it's interesting how much, Uh, what's that? I think whole blocks about well, something like 350 calories uh, grams in a box, and that's about. Well, that's, it's probably only about 600 calories, probably, in a whole block of eating cheese. It's not bad, is it? It's
1: all right,
0: it is. It's all right. It's, t- it's, it's, as you would say, it's tidy. It's tidy, I've
1: got a couple of high days, here. You can chuck that in.
0: Mate, you wouldn't need a high day to chuck it in, because that'd also be something like fucking 200 grams of protein. <laughs> You'd like to smash your protein in one little block for the whole day. Oh, I'd it go now. Yeah. Yeah. Problem is that would if you bought it at Tesco's, it would cost you four quid. But the way I look at it is, would you pay four quid for two hundred grams of protein in protein bars? Yes, because you, you two yeah. protein bars would cost you four quid, and that would be like forty grams of protein. So that is true. like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't. People don't think like that. It's weird, isn't it? I had this conversation with the owner of Sandales Coffee. You know, little. I don't know if you know the brand, but they do little cold um, coffee cans so like um cold brew coffee in a can and they're like in sparkling water so they're quite fancy they're quite nice they've like citrus or orangey flavored ones as well they, they are pretty good but he was saying like, asking me about the price and about is it do you think one pound fifty for a tiny that's only like 250 mil cans got a small can is that and I, was like, oh, I felt a bit pricey one pound fifty and then kind of brought up the concept of like paying four quid for a starbucks and i was like mm, yeah fair point actually That's true but, yeah i didn't really think of it like that so, yeah, okay, depends
1: what Starbucks going on because a large amount of is like two point eight D. It's huge, is
0: it? Yeah, it's quite huge. But I was thinking more like obviously like a latte with syrup yeah. like over there, like especially now got to pay for a cup. It's like over four quid or something. It's like four pound ten or something.
1: Yeah, prices. It's steep, steep, but isn't it? In all fairness, yeah. London prices are most a worse or same place, same same drink, like you know fifty pounds more expensive.
0: Yeah, ridiculous. That's how that's how it works. Unfortunately. Yeah. Right. You'll to say Tulu?
1: No, I'm going to say goodbye. Not Tulu. No.
0: I think the listeners look forward to the Tulu at the end.
1: what about toodalpep?
0: Toodalpep? um It's not the same, though, is it? It's not as good. Tulu do. do. That's not even the same. Tulu. 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 Right. Okay, anyway, bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.